This podcast may contain adult themes. If you are a teenager and you're listening to this podcast, stop listening to this podcast because it contains adult themes and instead go to your local liquor store and wait outside of it for a few hours and you'll see you'll see the guy. Every town's got that one guy. If you're in Marblehead, Massachusetts, that guy is Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so guy looking like me will show up in a pickup truck possibly and he will buy you alcohol and you should you should do that. You should drink alcohol with your fellow teen friends in your uh, gaming den instead of listening to this very adult-themed podcast. Hey guys, it's Ryan. Uh, thank you for subscribing. Definitely hit the like button at the bottom of the page. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, smoking synthetic marijuana. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I can't even do it. I lack the chipperness and enthusiasm to even attempt to be a YouTuber. So we're going to do an episode today that is about YouTube. And who better to have on as a guest, a YouTube star and relatively normal person, Grace Helbig. Yeah, we're going to have Grace on today. She's going to be talking to us about life as a professional YouTuber. She's also going to talk a little bit about her new project, uh, which is called Electra Woman and Dyna Girl, that she's doing with fellow YouTube sensation Hannah Hart. And we're going to we're gonna try to get into the, the mind of a YouTuber. You know, what is it like to be more famous than, an, you know, than like people on TV? What's it like to be pulling money out of the, the big movie studios, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what's fascinating about Grace is that she is, for those of you who may not have, the name doesn't ring a bell if you're a little older or something, uh, the really interesting thing is she's, you know, is wildly popular YouTube star, but also is sort of making a crossover into what we would consider mainstream media, you know, uh, with a television show, uh, this movie that's going to be uh, released by Sony straight to DVD. So all these other things of like how you transition from YouTube into what we would normally consider you know the realm of the entertainment world right and i feel like it's also very interesting because youtubers as a as a profession as a as a slice of society have now finally been around long enough where we're starting to see like what happens to them after the initial explosion of popularity on youtube right like we're starting to see like how how does youtube as a profession, start to work its way back into uh, the mainstream world. So, and I feel like right mm -hmm. now, a lot of YouTubers are trying to figure out, like, how do I fit into, you know, TV or movies or, you know, in five years, if everything is Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, how does a YouTuber go from a platform like YouTube, which is like totally open and totally free and totally democratic to, uh, you know, more of a studio system? What does that look like? Uh, do people want that? It's hopefully, hopefully Grace can answer that and even more questions for us because I, I have a lot because I just don't get it. I don't get YouTube. I, I want to get it, <laughs> but I just don't because I'm old and weird. Before we dive into the, uh, to the whole world of YouTube, I want I want to talk about like a really funny story uh, that I, I ran across this week. Um, so, for those of you who might be new listeners or whatever, basically my my main my main non podcast job at BuzzFeed is uh, working with our international teams to try to figure out you know what are we doing in Mexico or what are, what are we up to in Brazil or what kind of stories are we telling in Japan and. Uh, I think Katie, I, I sent you this story because I was really excited because it's like totally, totally insane, and like I love conspiracy theories. Um, are you familiar with, with the controversy surrounding the president of Mexico right now? 
I mean, this is the most insane thing ever. You have to explain this. So it starts out sort of sad. Uh, so basically, uh, a power plant in Mexico exploded and uh, killed like 28 people. It was really, really bad. Um, they're still not even sure like the total impact of how bad this explosion was. So Mexico's president, Enrique Peña Nieto, he went to go visit this uh, this power plant explosion site. And, and he's very he's very well known on the internet because he's, he's kind of a hunk. Katie, would you would you classify him as as a, as a hunk or a super hunk? You know, I mean, I think that the the bar for elected politicians is pretty low. So you know, is he a CW dad? No. Is he a hot president? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'd say he's definitely sub Trudeau. Anyways, basically, they shot all these photos. And they they did some sort of weird lighting editing to them in Photoshop after the fact, and it looks like it looks like they shot photos and then inserted the president in afterwards. Yeah, and it it went super viral in Mexico because people were just like, "Oh my god!" Like, did our president fake a bunch of photos of him like surveying this explosion site? And so obviously it became a meme. They like photoshopped him into other places. They photoshopped him into like scenes from Star Wars or like the Springfield power plant. It went so far that the Mexican BuzzFeed team put the photo through like forensic imaging software <laughs> to like <laughs> to see if in fact the president had been photoshopped into these photos. And then they reached out to his uh his director of like digital who's you what's he? Um his national coordinator for digital strategy. And um they basically got an answer back that was like, we did not Photoshop the president into these photos. Um, you know, they're totally legit. Uh, but either way, people can't stop taking the piss out of him, and it's, like, totally hilarious. So you should definitely go check out the photos. I'm obsessed with them. I believe. I believe. I, I believe. No, I totally, I totally believe. We have with us here Grace Helbig. Grace, thank you so much for coming in and joining thank us. Thank you for having me. Welcome to New York city i love it here you live in la right i do live in la but i did live in new york for like five years before i moved to la okay so, old so hat. yeah all the smells <laughs> come right back as soon as you land i smelled a particularly disgusting smell <laughs> on the subway you know when you smell smells like in new york city that aren't from like city smell you're yeah. like this is like agricultural yeah or when <laughs> i remember the moments where you're just so out of it and tired and the subway pulls up and it's an empty car in front of you and you're like oh yes thank god no one's on mm. here and the doors open and it just smells like someone yeah. shit all over the car yeah. like that's why yeah. okay the only way to beat the smelly car on the subway is to be the smelly yeah. car on the subway. <laughs> if I get That's into, my life philosophy. Yeah. When I was in New York, like if I get if I got onto the subway that was smelly and like there was the one there's always like the one guy in the corner that's causing it yep. to be smelly. I would just lock <laughs> eyes with him and be like, We're in this together now, you and me. We're the, we're the smelly guys and we're this is this is yeah. Humans uh, crave shared experiences. Yeah, yeah exactly. Those smelly dudes. So, Grace, you are going to be starring in an upcoming movie. Yes. Um, Electro Woman and Dyna Girl. Yes, with yes. Hannah Hart. Yes. Explain a little to our audience like, what this sure. is. Sure. Well, it actually is sort of pre existing. There was a, a series in the 70s called Electro Woman and Dyna Girl that has a very um, small but devout audience, I've learned, because I knew nothing about it <laughs> and, until I started working on the project. Mm. Uh, but if you Google and YouTube uh, Electro Man Diner Girl, you can see the opening credits of the series from the 70s. Uh -huh. Let, let's play a little bit of the original series. Let's just play a little clip. All right, Spider Lady. Okay, Diner Girl. Frank's middle name is... 
So uh, Hannah Hart and I have paired with Legendary and Fullscreen, and we're rebooting the 70s series and kind of trying to modernize uh, superheroes. And it's interesting because the series to me is so fun because it's this balance of a story about friendship between two people that just happen to be superheroes. And so there's something for everyone in it. I come from a world where I wasn't as familiar with, you know, different pieces of like genre, like universe, like Marvel type mm -hmm. of things. And Hannah was very knowledgeable and loved all that stuff. So I think this series kind of like bridges the gap and creates something that people that aren't as into like that genre world can mm -hmm. appreciate it. And people that are into genre worlds can absolutely appreciate it. So it's it's fun. Yeah, it's superheroes, two lady superheroes trying to kick butt <laughs> and yeah. like also stay grounded. <laughs> I don't want to sell out. Whoa. Okay, this is not about selling out. We've been saying we want to be more successful, right? Yeah, but we didn't get into this to make money. We did it to make a difference. Yes, but unfortunately, we can barely pay our rent, so we need the money. Out there, we can make a difference and make some cheddar. So, so Grace, like I, I think it's probably safe to say like YouTube is a pretty short form medium. Like what what was right. the weirdest thing about, you know, basically putting together like a full length thing? Because I think what uh, uh, this is 80, 80 something minutes. Like it's 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 a feature length thing. Like how 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 different was that? Yeah. Well, we're actually packaging it two different ways, which is also really interesting. So it already launched on the full screen platform in eight episodes, eight 11 minute episodes that you can binge watch all at once. Uh -huh. And then on. On June 7th, it'll go out internationally as a feature-length film. So there's ways for everyone to consume this. And it's it's really interesting because the way it was written was very actually well done that they're able to break it up into eight 11-minute episodes. Mm -hmm. the, I think the biggest difference in this for Hannah and I was like the fact that there was a crew involved. Every time <laughs> we make YouTube videos, like we focus the camera and we set up the lights and we try to organize a microphone situation. And so to have an entire crew of professionals that, you know, focus on these specific tasks was was really wonderful and also a great exercise in like usurping our control <laughs> to uh -huh. other people and trusting in other people. Um, yeah, I can imagine that the sort of like product like the level of production values especially if you're used to doing everything yourself and like right. being in control of everything yeah there's a huge a much bigger scale of production that happens which also creates a brand new scale of pressure on uh -huh. yourself because you look around and you realize everyone is here because of you in a way uh -huh. you know everyone so None. We didn't want to screw it up, and we wanted to make sure that everyone like <laughs> felt like they were having a good time, and like mm -hmm. you know could trust us, and we really wanted to do a good job. I feel like um, the stuff I've read about being uh, on YouTube professionally full time is that mm -hmm. the work ethic required to kind of get the most out of it is sort of it, it can be kind of insane. And did you feel like doing yeah. this sort of large project all in one go was better or worse than the sort of I don't want to say like the daily grind of vlogging because like that's an insane concept. But you know what I mean? Like, was it different? And what do you like it? Yeah, it's it's I don't know that it's better or worse. It's definitely different. YouTube. I love it so much because it's a platform where you get out of it how much you put into it. So mm -hmm. it's really based on your individual work ethic, which I appreciate. I 
pride myself on working really hard and I love when people gain success through working really hard. And so this project was a collaborative effort of a lot of people working really hard. The one thing that we're really used to on YouTube is the instant gratification of shooting a video, mm -hmm. uploading it immediately, getting feedback immediately and like talking to the audience. This has been over a year. We shot this last January in Vancouver. Oh, wow. So it's a new practice of patience for Hannah and I to sit <laughs> and wait and not have the instant feedback that we're so used to and you know it's wonderful because the quality of product is you know exponentially bigger and better but it's also kind of stressful because we have too much time to analyze whether we were okay or not yeah. and if right. it went okay or not but yeah. it's cool i think ryan and i can sort of sympathize like we're both used to at buzzfeed oh, like yeah. Putting out lots of really quick stuff really right. fast and getting instant feedback, seeing what people like, yeah. iterating. Even a podcast compared to like an article that lives mm -hmm. on the internet, you get a, like, you just, there's not the same sort of feedback of like comments right. and stuff. And it's yeah. kind of like, if no one's telling you, I can't <laughs> believe I wasted five minutes reading this, <laughs> then is it. <laughs> you know, right. does it even exist? Exactly. You know, if no one's calling you a jerk no on the internet. Hating it, like, did I do it? Yeah. Exactly. It's really weird. Like, it feels sort of like you're putting this thing out into the vacuum. You just don't know. But I mean, right. like a movie you work on for like a year and then you're like, I don't know. It could be a disaster. It's, right. And then the other thing about it, too, that's really interesting <laughs> is because I've been doing YouTube for now like seven or eight years. And so there's thousands of videos out there. So you get into this just like constant churning of creative energy and creative ideas and they're all like slightly disposable in a way you know they live and die for you know the time that you put them up is like their highlight of moment of yeah. people watching right. it and then the next thing that goes up they sort of like dim a little bit dim a little bit dim a little bit so you don't have to worry about them being so perfect all the time mm. with this you know you write scripts and then you go back and you edit them and then you edit them again yeah. and then you edit them again yeah. and so by the time that you get to shooting it you think oh did I spend enough time editing should I have spent more time I'm so used to this like disposable energy or this like constant creation and mm -hmm. destruction process and so yeah you always I mean it's too much time to look back and be like what if I did this what if I did this what if yeah. I did this the thing about like YouTube right now that I, I find so fascinating is that a lot of YouTubers who've been in the game for a very long time are mm -hmm. trying to figure out it's almost like like trying to figure out like your place in the world like how do how do I right. take what I did on YouTube and build it back into mainstream culture. Do you mm -hmm. do you see YouTube and like making videos on YouTube as the same sort of thing as acting and entertaining or is it totally different? Like how do you see that? It's interesting cuz I think content and the whole kind of landscape of media and entertainment is just constantly changing and evolving and experimenting right now. The way we consume content is just in such a variety right now and people I think it's a real like heyday of experimentation with these platforms like full screen that are creating premium content that now people pay a subscription fee for a la you know Netflix and Hulu and those sort of places I think we're all just trying to figure it out the weird thing is I don't think anyone knows like no one knows and that's yeah. sort of like relieving in a way and like when you realize like no one knows what they're doing we're all just trying to do and make things and have people listen to them or watch them or experience mm -hmm. them it's kind of freeing in a way and it's fun to create from that point of view of like not knowing just trying um and then I, I always sort of like Hannah and I kind of base ourselves on uh 
something being successful or growing our brand in a positive way, whether we're embarrassed by it or not. Mm-hmm. And if we say we're not embarrassed by the thing that we created, then it's like <laughs> huge success. And so that's always our first like comment to each other is like, this was not embarrassing at all. That's definitely why we do this podcast for free because yeah. Ryan and I are deeply ashamed of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question sort of about being a YouTuber as sure. a job. Someone who actually used to work for BuzzFeed in our video department uh, named Gabby Dunn. Yeah. Uh, she, she started a YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she left BuzzFeed, started her own channel, um, and she wrote a long article for Fusion about how it's really hard if you're not sort of at the very top of YouTubers to sort of break even and to make enough that you don't have to have a side gig as a waitress. Sure. or to be able to have enough free time to create enough content to make it profitable is like a really delicate balance. That is true. If you are Mm -hmm. only doing YouTube videos, if you are only sitting in your house or wherever it is, shooting a video and uploading it and relying on AdSense as a means of income, Mm -hmm. yes, it is very difficult to make ends meet. But the beauty of YouTube and the thing that I've really taken advantage of and my close friends and content creators Uh, have taken advantage of is that there are multiple revenue streams that can happen through YouTube that I think a lot of the successful YouTubers have also taken advantage Mm. of. You know, we do live comedy shows, we tour, we sell merch, we write books, we create podcasts. It's like how Katie um, has uh, a service where men pay her uh, so they can watch her eat. She's like one of those women and she just eats on a I've heard that's a thing. Do you do that? Oh, I was like, no shame. No shame. Everyone has content that they enjoy, okay? Ryan, stop smearing my good name. Only you pay me. Katie's a skier kid. Giant ham sandwiches. You know what I I, you know what I heard is a fetish? Um, I heard that there one, I heard that there's like these secret sex dungeons in New York mm-hmm. that are like you would mm-hmm. never know from the outside but then I heard you're in one right now no I heard that there's this fetish where guys get off on just paying women just giving oh, them yeah. money we've actually done we an, episode an episode for this podcast about it there's they exist I mean they definitely exist in real life but also there's a huge amount of them on Twitter really uh, yeah. and the, the, it's called like fine doms kind of like <sighs> financial domination we interviewed a guy and he, he was he was into it who is yeah. into it? Oh yeah, he was like, he um, he was just that mwah. must have was been like a real, <laughs> real person. You know, he lived. We don't know exactly what his deal was, but uh-huh. he lives on a ship. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't <laughs> so tell us like we were, anything. Like organizing, calling him. He's like, well, okay, it's a little hard for me to get a landline. Cause How did you I'm find him? Ship. He, I, he was on Twitter. He's one of these people who's like, he like you, boasts about yeah, it. Or if you just it? sort of search like the hashtag FinDom or oh FindDom, oh god, um, yeah. or PayPig, that's what they, <laughs> that's what they Pay call pig. themselves. Um, so, one, but one of the things that they're also really into, I mean, this is sort of a subset of that. What? Some of them just like paying the women. Yeah. Some of them are like, I love the feeling of being completely like ripped off by a woman and like having all my money <gasps> taken so Same. i'm gonna Same. give you my computer passwords and you can just like you know nigerian oh prince scammer me God. like that is their fetish is to get like thieved by a woman <gasps> <laughs> so they want to get like hacked that's well i mean now's the time technology <laughs> will make that very available yeah. for them that yeah. is so fascinating there's a top for every pot yeah that's, that's, that's true that's so true <laughs> so true 
Uh, sorry, I took this in a very different. No, direction. no, no. Anyway, you took it in the right another direction. possible revenue stream that YouTubers could right? get into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, <laughs> there's this whole idea too of the concept what is talent because mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of shit on youtube because they don't think it's a pool of talent they think it's a bunch mm-hmm. of like talentless raging millennial narcissists that just want to you know show themselves off in front of a camera sure that might be some of it but what is talent <laughs> is talent is mm-hmm. talent leonardo dicaprio being an amazing actor or is talent you know, creating a community of millions of people that follow your every move, no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And are those the same thing? Like, just because they both involve right. a camera, like, is it even fair to compare the two, you know? Well, that's the thing is that, like, you can't say that one isn't talent and one is because the concept of talent is, like, ch- is kind of evolving as, like, the digital space of entertainment evolves. Right. So you have these younger kids creating these, like, huge brands and, like, huge communities of young people that want to follow every single thing they do they might not be the best actor by you know whatever standards that means but they've created this insane following Mm -hmm. and that can't be like discounted i think that there's also amongst young people who are so used to getting content for free all the Mm -hmm. time who never remember the dark days of having to go to the cd store and like you only get to pick one CD for yeah. the month. Or I had whatever. to walk uphill um, both ways to shoplift from Blockbuster. <laughs> you know, but that like they're very resistant to the idea of paying for content because they just they're used to it always being free. Yeah, they yeah. don't know anything different. Yeah. So so Grace, we've we've got just a few minutes left, and Katie and I sure. have prepared some very like. The rest of this, this interview, like everything we've done so far in this interview, that's all fluff. You know, that's all just nonsense. We got <laughs> we some didn't, yeah, we didn't touch on any real issues here. We got some. We're we got some real, real questions. This is where we get into you. the meat of it. Yeah, here's the meat the of it. Nitty okay. gritty. So, so here, here's for, first first question for you. Who, okay. Who is your internet nemesis? My internet, my internet nemesis. <laughs> yes. Uh, who is my internet nemesis? I mean, probably myself in a certain way. Um. My internet nemesis is, uh, oh, all those cats that get afraid of the cucumbers behind them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm like, guys, these are cucumbers. I've seen one where it's like a corgi afraid of the cucumber. And it's like a giant corgi. It's a very large cucumber. animals fear cucumbers? Maybe animals know something that we don't about cucumbers. I I don't know. I don't know. Um... This is a very serious question yeah. that Ryan and I are very passionate about. Oh, okay. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> um, would you fuck your clone? <laughs> now, no. a couple. No. Wait, what? You know how awkward what? that would be? I'm no. awkward in my body as myself. But, but see, it's just you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this. Wow. Of course I would fuck my clone. Oh, I've watched fast my note. own face on a computer screen <laughs> for years. I don't need any more of myself in my life. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. Good answer. <gasps> All right. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Okay. If you could delete any part of the internet, what part of it? what part of the internet would that be? If I could delete any part of the internet what part oh i would delete the part that's gamergate uh, everyone says that. gamergate <laughs> really all the time I, i'm on board you know what i mean yes yeah. obviously yes <laughs> i just i i know felicia day and uh-huh. what happened to her was really awful yeah and it just like 
despicable and unfortunate and so yeah i don't wish that on anyone yeah i mean i i feel like gamergate is this weird like creep like it it was just gamers Mm -hmm. and now like the whole concept and mentality is like it's now like trump supporters right and like there's this huge overlap of like it is swallowing culture like it is seeping out into this like untapped young male rage yeah and it's breeding male rage as something that is cool and celebrated which is just so bad for future and like intellectual which it's right Right. no there's nothing good about it in my opinion (laughs) and so it just makes like my bones ache because you just young men and women are so impressionable and as soon as they think something is cool and will make them interesting and it truly doesn't and it only hurts other people Mm -hmm. that's when it's like real dangerous because it's really hard to reverse someone's impressions of things and someone's influence on someone else Mm -hmm. you know what i would delete from the internet like what? anything that lets you type in physical symptoms of like illnesses and then tells you what you might have. <laughs> yeah. WebMD. Like, yeah. Right. All of it. I would also do when you Google search like any sort of medical thing, I would make sure that like the images don't pop up first. Like that they aren't there <laughs> yeah, at yeah. all. It's like those here's, are terrible. here's a fistula. It's like, no, oh my God. Uh. <laughs> Okay, Grace Helbig, thank you so much yeah, for joining thank us. You. This is awesome. Thank you for Every, having me. Everyone, check out Electro Woman and Dyna Girl with Hannah Hart and Grace Helbig when it comes out. Yeah, Electro Woman Dyna Girl is now available on full screen and it's coming out worldwide June 7th as a feature length film. Yay! Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, thanks everyone for tuning in to another fantastic edition of Internet Explorer. That sounded really professional, didn't it? Ryan, do I sound like a real pro now? Um, yeah, sure. Whatever makes you happy. Whatever makes you feel good about what you do. Yeah, thanks so much to our wonderful guest, Grace Helbig, who did not mention the fact that the buttons on my shirt came completely undone at some point when I was talking to her and I was just, like, chatting with my shirt half open. Um, sorry, Grace. Sorry you had to see that. I'm not wearing a shirt <laughs> right now. Like I, uh, in my in my studio, I I record all of our podcasts the same way, which is uh, in my underwear with like a wife beater on, and I'm just like eating beans out of a can. Fair enough. Who's not? Please send us some feedback. Email us internetexplorerbuzzfeed.com. Follow us on Twitter. Just say hi. Just say hello. Just, just say tell, hi. Tell, um, say hello, please. Tweeted us at iExplorer. We love tweets. Yeah. We love tweets. I love. I don't actually. I um, yeah. I I find my whole Twitter experience to just be draining for mm-hmm. everyone. I I think it's better if I just stop. But you know who shouldn't stop? The wonderful people that help us make this podcast, including our lovely producer Julia Furlan. If she was a YouTuber, she would be those guys that um like jump people on the street and then claim it's a yep. prank. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, she was whispering prank, into her uh, microphone to try to tell us that it would be like Tyler Oakley, like that's a way better thing. But we're like, nope, you're the prank person who jumps someone on the street. It's also very clear that if anyone was Tyler Oakley, it would be Eleanor Kagan. That's true. That's definitely true. Uh, Jenna Weiss Berman would be PewDiePie because she's sort of like an enigma and... Uh, I assume secretly a billionaire. Right. And so. uh, if Meg Kramer uh, was a YouTuber, she would be the amazing athe- atheist. Uh, a- <laughs> 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 you 
know if you don't know who that is, just Google Amazing Atheist Banana and go to image search. Make sure your NSFW filter is off. You, your obsessions with the Amazing Atheist <laughs> putting a banana in his asshole is just like something that is so pure and wonderful. Um, but yes, I definitely agree that uh, she would be She loves atheist. logic and, and reason um, and atheism and, you know, making videos that debunk other people's opinions. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I want to thank uh, Argo Studios, our w- lovely, our lovely 9/11 truther. He would be a 9/11 oh, yeah. truther on YouTube. He would just be the be movie loose, loose change. change. Uh, Paul. And if you're interested in 9/11 truthers, then you should definitely check out yes. BuzzFeed's newest podcast. It's all about politics, um, and it's called No One Knows Anything. Well, I also love the old man emoji. Yeah. Because he's just having such a pleasant time. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that he's doing, his face is just like so complacent. Yeah. Yeah.